What do Charles Lindbergh, Amelia Earhart, and Henry Ford have in common? They all knew Cecil Sinney Sinclair. On today's episode of Muskegon History and Beyond, we bring you the incredible story of this longtime Muskegon resident. Sinney, as he was known, was born on a farm in Chandlersville, Illinois in 1888. His early years on the farm taught him two things. One, how to drive mechanical devices, such as a tractor, and two, how to work and repair an engine. In 1909, while a student at the University of Illinois, Sinclair saw his first airplane and was instantly hooked. The plane had landed in a field nearby and needed repairs. Sinney volunteered his skills to help get the plane back in the air, and from then on, planes and Sinclair would go hand in hand. By 1911, he had a job as a grease monkey repairing and tuning up a plane. In 1914, he got a job working for Joseph Pendahan, who was an exhibition flyer that traveled around the United States performing acrobatic shows. Sinney's job with Pendahan was to make sure the plane was shipped properly, tuned up for shows, and stocked with supplies such as fuel. On November 15, 1915, after taking over two hours of instruction, Sinney made his first solo flight. This first flight would later qualify him to join an elite club, the Early Birds of Aviation, or those who had made a solo flight before December 17, 1917. Eventually, Sinclair would apply and get his pilot's license, which was the 624th issued in the United States, and was signed by flight pioneers Orville and Wilbur Wright. Now officially a pilot and with World War I raging in Europe, Sinclair decided to take a job with the United States Army Air Corps training pilots. Even though the United States wasn't at war yet, programs to begin to train pilots had begun by 1916 and Sinney agreed to join as a civilian flight instructor. Training pilots would become a hallmark of what he did and be a big part of what he's remembered for today. In fact, the pilots his group trained became well known overseas and officers asked specifically for pilots trained by Sinney and his group. His most well-known student of the war was Reed Chambers, who became an ace, meaning he downed five or more enemy aircraft, and flew with Eddie Rickenbacker, the lead U.S. pilot. After the war, Sinney took many jobs bouncing around, including working at Ford inspecting engines. But working on planes, flying them, or being part of groups who did shows were where his heart was at. In 1923, he and three other aviators entered the air races at St. Louis, which had a $75 prize. Sinney was in first place by a fair margin when his engine started to misfire and he lost speed. This slowdown allowed a young flyer nicknamed Slim to take the lead and the prize money. Afterwards, Slim would ask Sinney if he could join his flying group to perform and take passengers on rides for some extra money. Sinney liked the young man and agreed to let him tag along. Later, this slim pilot would become the first man to cross the Atlantic Ocean solo, and the name Charles Lindbergh would forever be tied to the history of flying. In 1928, Sinclair attended the Cleveland Air Races and met one of his pupils, Florence Klingensmith. Together there, they met another female flyer, and they all became very good friends. Sinney would give this third companion the nickname Tusslehead, but most called her Lady Lindy, or by her proper name, Amelia Earhart. By 1937, Sinney had had enough of flying mail and passengers and performing in shows and decided to settle in one place. When he asked a friend of a good place to settle where he might start a flight training school, his friend recommended Muskegon, Michigan, which he said was a thriving metropolis with an established landing field and a population with ambitions to fly. 
Putting together $1,200 to finance the purchase of a couple of planes, Sonny made his way to Muskegon in July of 1937 and created the Sinclair Ferris Flying Service. Prior to this flying service, Muskegon had had limited experience with aircraft. In 1904, two brothers had built a bicycle-driven plane and flown it into Muskegon. Then, in 1913, a flyer landed and then performed in Muskegon before continuing on to another destination. In 1926, Continental Motors decided to build an airfield in Muskegon outside of their Getty Street plant. Then in 1929, the Muskegon County Airfield was created and it would soon become the home of the Sinclair Flying School for many years afterwards. Much like when he was with the Signal Corps, the pilots who learned under Cine were excellent flyers. Every single one of his students passed, which ended up leading him into trouble. The FAA, when they saw his 100% success rate, questioned why no one had washed out of his program. However, he countered with that they all knew what they needed to know to pass, and thus there was never a reason to fail them. When World War II began, Sinning once again became heavily involved in training combat pilots, and also became one of the organizers of the Office of Civilian Defense for Muskegon, leading the Civilian Air Patrol. In this role, he trained teenagers who had an interest in flying. They would take lessons and also patrol over the cities and coastlines of West Michigan. By the end of the war, Sinclair was promoted to lieutenant colonel. In 1952, he met Florence Kirby of Muskegon, and a year later, the pair were married. By 1955, they had a son named Raymond. Young Raymond was soon up in the air, making several trips with his mom and dad. At the age of seven, he made his first flight with the help of dad, as he couldn't reach all the controls. By 16, he was flying solo, although he didn't inherit as much of a love as flying as his dad had. As time progressed, the flying school expanded and was very successful. Sinny, though, became part of a dying-off group. Fewer and fewer of the checkered-capped early birds of aviation existed in the United States, and they were given many, many honors. One special honor Sinny was a part of was the return of the Wright Brothers plane to the United States from Europe for its induction into the Smithsonian. At this event, he was one of the guests of honor. The plane had been brought to Europe by the brothers in hopes of selling it, but this dream was never fulfilled, and eventually the plane was given to the Smithsonian. The Sinclair Flight School lasted in Muskegon for over 50 years, and you can still see Cecil Sinney Sinclair's legacy at the airport, where he taught for so many years, when you visit the airport located on Sinclair Drive. At the age of 97, he flew his last flight, a birthday flight which had become a tradition of his. Although he was no longer to fly solo due to his advanced age, he still enjoyed getting up among the clouds. On April 5, 1986, he passed away at the age of 97, living far longer than most other pioneers in aviation. It is not known how many hours in the air he accumulated in his lifetime, but it is believed to be over 30,000 hours. I would like to thank you for listening today. If you'd like to learn more information on Cecil Sinny Sinclair, check out the book written by Vivian Bryan, All God's Children Got Wings. To find out more information about the museum, please follow us on Facebook at Lakeshore Museum Center or visit us at lakeshoremuseum.org. As always, please subscribe to the podcast to get next month's episode. If you have any members of Sydney Sinclair you'd like to share, please share them with the museum on Facebook. Mm-hmm.